0: So, going deeper, Bala Balatanya says that if everyone's, if the if the, if the origin of the spiritual component that resides within us comes from, as it were, comes from Hashem, so what difference could there be between mine, Hashem, and yours? Seemingly, they're all of the same origin. They must all be of... Um, <coughs> equal to which the Baratanya immediately addresses this and he says mine chaluke and even though there are tens of thousands of different levels of soul which is something to be conscious of just like we are, people have got different heights and weights and physical features they've got different internal emotional components everyone's got a different spiritual anatomy And each person's spiritual anatomy is very different. And some people in the hierarchy of spirituality, which means some people have a way more developed sense of spirituality and some people have a far less developed sense of spirituality. And in my interactions with people, I don't know if this is an accurate reflection of what the Balatani is speaking about, but I definitely would come across people that are more attuned to the spiritual world and people who are more blunt to it. So it could be that is a function of the person's neshama and what they are, um, their neshama and, and how it's within their, um, their being. And he says in the greatest contrast ever, if you go back to the neshamas of Moshe Rabbeinu, of the forefathers, Avram Such Yaakov, Moses. So these are the which were immensely colossal. The this week's parasha, which is Shmois recounts that Moshe Rabin was born, the entire house filled up with light. He had the kind of nishamah which was incomprehensible for us to to, to fathom. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu was always destined to be Moshe Rabbeinu. It wasn't that Moshe Rabbeinu was born a normal, common, or garden yid, and he <coughs> developed himself into a Moshe Rabbeinu. You have to be born a Moshe Rabbeinu to become a Moshe Rabbeinu. Not to say that he didn't have his tests and his trials, and his, but the trials and the tribulations allowed him to own, to manifest, through his choice, the Moshe Rabbeinu that he was. A person with a lesser level of neshama could never be Moshe Rabbeinu. Just like only Avram could be Avram. Did Avram have tests? Tests upon tests. But he needed to have the potential that when he overcame the test, the greatness would be revealed, which was an Abrahamic greatness. A lesser person would never be able to... Reach that. So, just like in every element of the created world, there are hierarchies and certain things occupy certain places in an organism and in a structure. And just like in a business ecosystem, there's only one CEO. There are many other different workers within the organization. And in order for the organism to function fully, everyone has to be in their place. And just like in the body, there's only two eyes two noses, if all of a sudden one of the toenails gets apathy and he says, I'm a little bit disappointed about my level in the body, I would like to be an eye. That's great. The problem is you can't see, mate. So there's no use in having some kind of calcified debris on the top of a person's um, nose bridge to just sit there and chill. It's not going to help anyone. So says the Balatanya that there's diggers and diggers, levels and levels of nishamas. And the Avos and Moshe Beinu are like Shehem Bechines HaEkevayim Mamash lugabe HaMoyach V'Horosh. That if we look at Klai Yisrael as a body, which is a metaphor which is often used, well, if we are a body, well, someone's going to have to be the grime at the bottom of the foot. And that, my dear friends, is us. Because if you think about what our generation, which is coming at the tail end of a historical development, if you look at the the body of Klai Yisrael, as stretching over time, so we are the heel, we the soles of the foot of the body whose head was with the ovice with the patriarchs. So if you look at us as a body stretching over time, so the top of the body was there. That was the beginning of the spiritual glory days when the nation was formed with prophecy, with insight, with the Moshe Rabbeinu, transcending every known law of mortality and living without food or drink for 40 days and 40 nights, speaking Panimel Panim ponim to Hashem. So that's the highest part of our body. Our body. We are Cloud Israel. We are all part of that gigantic body. But which part are we? So we may, because we have been perhaps tainted by the notion of the American dream, say why is it that I am a cell at the bottom of the ankle? I want to be at least near the knee, preferably perhaps the abdomen. Ideally, I would like to be between the eyes. Nice thoughts, mate, but your cell function doesn't do that job. So my neshama can only be the neshama its it is. It can't be anything more than that. Okay. Talmud. Kasha. <coughs> uh, uh, Kasha. What about the idea that everybody can, um, you know, everyone should aspire to be like Moshe Rabbeinu. Can, right. can, so you're saying that our souls are all at the base of where they are and we can't make can't, them any no. shinier than they already are we or something? can't. No. No. It's like a little bit like life. Right. Certain people have got certain talents in certain areas, and they really can't change it. So you get the guy who's five foot seven, and he wants to be um, he wants to be a really great basketball player, and he wants to be a shooter. Do you call it shooter, yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, he wants to be a shooter. That's nice, and we, we love him for it, but it ain't happening. It just ain't happening because all he's going to be seeing the entire match are knees. It's just not going to work So you shouldn't aspire to that right? Sorry? So then you shouldn't aspire to that So you shouldn't aspire to be something you're not You should only ever aspire to be who you are are. To be the person you are So why are we meant to aspire to be like Moshe Ravenna? Now who said that? Someone, yeah. And I, I thought that, I thought I've heard that before. Where it's like we can all, you know, try. That sounds like a very really solid source. You thought you heard Street <laughs> A Street Torah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I've solid. heard lots of things before, right? Street um, tour. The truth is, you do have a source to what you're saying. The Rambam says it in Perik Hay of Hilchos Chuvah when he introduces the notion of freedom of choice he says in a very powerful language mm-hmm. each one of us the permission is given to anyone to be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu or as lowly as Yorovim ben Nevat which is the contrast between possibly the greatest tzaddik and the worst Roshah in the history of Qadil so he says we have the choice to be the greatest or the worst says Gabe to ayah <laughs> you see you can be like Moshe Rabbeinu and you're telling me Moshe Rabbeinu was a specific kind of Neshama the problem of the Rambam is even the Possek says, right? There will never be another Navi like Moshe. So, how can the Rambam say you can be like Moshe Rebani? The Torah tells you there will never ever be a prophet like Moshe Rebani ever ever again. LMI, we have to, through the strength of that Kasha, understand what the Rambam means. The Rambam means just like Moshe Rebani achieved the apex. Of his spiritual height. Mm-hmm. So too can you, with your Nishama, achieve the zenith of your own spiritual That's potential. It. Okay? Vaita. Thank you. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Who's the Rasha that you mentioned? Yeravon <laughs> Benavat. Uh, so everyone else like into the you bandit Riga's thinking I don't know <laughs> I don't know like what about like you know expanding my traits in the area of becoming absolutely evil <laughs> I just wasn't familiar with the name I, what is the name? okay never mind. gotta get familiar with the name shall I say gotta <laughs> got learn from the man alright Yorovam, Yorovam, Ben, Mm -hmm. first name Yorovam, Ben Novat. Novat is the second name. He was a really, really, really not good person. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, so I'm not alone. Tomorrow Tomorrow night, 5.45. Yeah, yeah. You can actually have a bride that's got a phenomenal uh, Nachshir. You can learn literally a pericadee of Nach and go through Nach with... Rabbi, it's strongly recommended. Come on, Spotify? Right, I don't know, to time. Yeah. Okay, let's go back to our, um, I think those are all important distractions. So, there's this level of neshamas. And now he goes further, he says, just like in the, the historical clay Yisrael, there's a head and there are, there are, souls of the foot and heels and also in every generation in every generation just like there is a historical body of K'lai Israel, there is a contemporary body of, of K'lai Yisrael. We also have a body today, and in our present day Jewish people, there is there are the neshamas which are the head of us, the neshamas are the neck and the arms and the body, and then there are the neshamas which are the toenails. And each person in the contemporary K'lai Israel, it takes up a different space in that body. V'chein nefashos legaba nefashos um... And also, okay, this is a very, very cryptic little sentence over here. And so too, souls versus souls. Because every soul has within it Nefesh Ruach and Because every soul has within it. Nefesh and Neshama. What I think he means by the sentence is as follows. That even our own personal Neshama has got different levels to it. Not only are there eleven levels of Neshamas in the the door, and there are some people who are the heads, some people the tummies, and some people the kneecaps, but even in my own Neshama, I've got parts of my Neshama which are the head and the body and the being. And that's why the Balatanya Tanya says that a neshama has three components to it. And the ones he spells out are nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is the life force that drives. Ruach corresponds to our emotional world. And neshama corresponds to our world of thought. So that makes sense that even in my own neshama, there's a hierarchy of different roles played by different stages of my evolving spiritual self. Yeah? yeah. so therefore that's the conclusion of his kasha his kasha is so if all the neshamas ori- originate from the same spot how can you have this vast differentiation surely if they're all coming and they're all achelek they all should be the same type how can you have the same origin and yet differences as they impact in the person's fusion with his physical body do you hear the kasha? Do you hear the kasha? Do you feel the kasha? I feel like you don't feel the kasha. I feel that this has gone too esoteric and you're losing the plot. Yosef? Uh, no, I'm following. Are you finding that this is too esoteric for no, you? No, I think, it's, I think it's good. It's good? Yeah. You're okay with it? I don't speak for the group, but for me... For uh, you, it's good. Yeah. For Adam Miller, it's bad. Yes. So, so far, we've got two divergent opinions. We've got the Adam Miller on the one side, who maintains this is just too esoteric. It's too inaccessible. He can't relate it. We've got Yosef, who feels that he can relate it. We've got... I don't get it we 've got Joel who 's not getting it we 've got two who 's not getting it Ash 's not getting it Ariel who doesn 't understand why anyone 's not getting it this is so simple and, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it 's amazing we 've got Timmy who 's totally getting it we 've got Yaakov who 's still thinking about your other him in the Russian let 's take a deep breath let 's take a deep breath let 's take a deep breath and, and, and we are dealing with things which for a lot of people for a lot of people um, are are not within our realm of experience. And therefore, it's a little bit may seem so esoteric that it starts to feel irrelevant. And therefore, I beg of you, I beg of you, suspend, suspend your what would otherwise be cynical perspective. Oh, God, come on, that's so far away from me. And allow yourself just a drop of an opening to understand that when you're first exposed to new Wisdom. It may sound so uh, irrelevant to your present state that it's not even worth listening to. I encourage you, if at least to listen, because what we're describing over here is something which initially may seem like a very bland and divorced from reality description. But what it really is, is an intimate delineation of the reality of you. It really is. So it could be when a person goes to anatomy class and he doesn't have a gushmaka kesha to his kishkas, he may not feel inspired by a tour down the elementary canal. But as you become more familiar, it becomes more engaging. So just suspend cynicism, suspend a sense of, oh, this is just so irrelevant to me and my life because with a bit of patience, it will make an impact. We are chartering a... Um, a a land which is very very far from from the iced coffee that we're going to buy in the shop, and the schnitzel or today lasagna we may shortly be eating. I agree with you. We've taken a big 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 voyage away from animal existence to travel the spiritual world and whilst we still occupy physical space and our self is directly linked to that physical space, so anything beyond our present experiential self may seem. what are you talking to me about? And I encourage you to suspend that because with the suspension of that, whatever it is, resistance, you may be able to become privy to existence in a new reality, which sounds cool and cheaper than cocaine. (laughs) or mushrooms, or MDMA, and certainly less dangerous than heroin, but not much. So, the the let's go, let's go. So, here, this is his kasha. His kasha is like, you, you have within you, Joel, you have within you, whether you feel it or not, whether you believe it or not, I don't care. You have within you a khalik el kamima. You have a peace of God. So now, if you've got peace of God, and yaakov you got peace of God, We're wrestling with it right now. And even Gabe has got a piece of God. So you've all got a godly party. You've got the spiritual, you've got this holy, you've got this really powerful, energetic. Thing that drives you it does drive you because you've had conflicts in your life before you've had moral choices in your life before that you struggled with so you're going to start to already feel that there's sparks of this godliness within so you, you know that it's there somewhere you can't properly articulate where's the beginning where's the end when is it doing this when is it doing that but you know that there's something other than animal about your being you know that you've experienced things that are transcendent you know that you've been in moments where there's something else that you've that's, that's connected to a realm which is just not simple physical existence what is that all about? And that's the So if the origin is As it were From this somehow Spiritual transmission Of Hashem into us So then it should be All one size fits all And yet we see No, no, no Many different sizes For many different people If so How can the origin Of that How can the origin Be the same? Surely if Hashem Is breathing the breath Of life Into each and every one of us Through the soul So then everyone's going to Have that same breath Continues the ba- Hatanya With a Sticking to the Marshall. And he says the following thing every Ruachin from the highest of the high to the lowest of the low even in the most (coughs) ignorant and the lightest and less serious of all people still be drawn down its starting point will always be the highest part in the highest mind of Hashem that even so the source is always from the highest mind of the father and as the fetus develops every part of the fetus comes from the same source even the toenails come from that same drop that drop that fertilizes that egg every single part of the child comes from that even the lowest part of the child So it's all a part of the Father. And it all comes from the highest part of the Father, even though in its manifestation in the body, each part plays a different role. And it goes down through the process of fetal development to expand, the body expands, until eventually it becomes even the toenails. Despite the fact that this body has got all these components from the head all the way down to the toenails, each part of the body has an intrinsic connection to its original origin and is sustained and connected by it. And even right now, Even the toenails are connected somehow to the head. The brain is essentially running this operation called my body. So every part of my body essentially has a responsibility, a connection and a way of being to the highest part of my being. As the Gemara says, Secret stuff, not for you. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, now we're getting like proper, proper ectic ectic. So let's. We well, have to take a deep breath. I just want to go on a brief segue to chapter twenty-nine. Um, and even though we are on chapter 2, I think chapter 29 will be a nice um, segue to, to, to flesh out one thing, uh, and then we'll go back. So so we're talking about this idea of Neshama, we're trying to get more in touch with our Neshama. The whole purpose of the series of Shirim is, given that the access point for us to connect to Hashem is through our Neshamas, the more we have an articulated structure of what the Neshama is, the better equipped we will be to experience, not to know, not to intellectualize, not to theologize about it, but experience, experience when experience, when we'll be able to open up our eyes and see a spiritual world in front of them. We want to live in a world that we recognize that the physical world is merely a camouflage and see lift away the veils pull away the curtains and see what rests behind in our daily life. We want to live in an eternal world in the here and now. Since that is our goal, that is our purpose, that's why we're exploring this and we're using the Tanya. So it comes along the Tanya and explains a very, very troubling piece of Jewish liturgy. Every morning when we awake, we say the prayer. My God, the soul that you have given me, it is pure. And until now, we have defined that the core, the essence, the self, is the neshama. Well, if the core, the essence, and the and the self is the neshama, how can the neshama be given to me? Who is the me? And it goes back to the question that we've asked so many times before, which is the notion of who am I? Who am I? And when I ask the question to myself and I say, well, am I? My clothes? No, because I, the clothes belong to me. Am I my body? No, the body belongs to me. Am I my emotions? No, the emotions belong to me. Am I my thoughts? No, the thoughts belong to me. So who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Who is I? And we said the I is obviously the Neshama. If the I is the Neshama, you can't give me the Neshama. That's already me. That's the kasha that the uh, Baal Hatanya asks, and the way he answers it is by saying the following thing: the prayer was designed to express the reality of the moment, not the ultimate reality of existence. The ultimate ultimate reality of existence is you are, your and that's who you are. That's a part of you that will last forever. That's a part of you that will never ever die. That is you. But the self. Is a function of who you are in this moment because the self is identity. The self is who am I? The question is answered in the practical terminology is who am I? I am whoever ever I am in this moment. And if in this moment I'm thinking more about lunch than Dveikus Bochu, then in this moment I am an animal. Says the Balatanya. The Benoini has to go with strategies. There are so many times, tim they have what's called a numbness of the heart. It's a little bit, many of you perhaps to muffle sound, have put into your ears those little foam rubber earplugs. It doesn't take the sound away, but it becomes muffled enough that sounds aren't sharp and it allows people to slip into a deep slumber. I don't know if any of you have used those Or even if you're walking around with headphones, which are silicone and going to your ears, you can't really hear what's going on around you. You have a sense, because you can hear certain sounds, but others not, even if you have no music playing. That's a sense of numbness, that you don't feel things in a sharp and pronounced way. There is something called timtum halev, which means the experience of living is blunted. We don't really get it. Living feels quite bland. Living feels like quite a drag. When you look outside, the the vitality of the colours seems somewhat dulled. When you have an experience an emotional connection, it seems somewhat diluted. It's called tim to It's an experience of life where there's almost a barrier, an encroachment. No, not an encroachment. A Boundary, a bound around me that stops me from having an unfiltered experience of the now. Everything seems to be strained through some kind of opaque sieve, and the kind of reality that reaches my experience seems to be so diluted. That's called Tintumalev. And since we are living in the world of Beinonim, which we'll expand upon more, this is a very common occurrence within our level of being hence when a person has this we have to figure out how do we get out of this how do we stop dragging ourselves through this powerful spiritual apparatus which adorns our day how can it be that I can experience a tree of Mincha and not experience some level of Ruach HaKodesh simultaneously how can it be that I can put on and not feel transported into a brand new realm touching on the spiritual nature of the Kirinah how can that be? It's all got to do with Timtum HaLev. Timtum HaLev, it's a kind of, a invasion of the sensitivity of the heart, which is always a metaphor for experiential living. And therefore, as a result, I can't even begin to open up my heart in tfila. When I stand and I say the Shemon Yeshua, it literally feels like I'm speaking to thin air. There's none of the closeness, the intimacy that comes with the real Tefillah, where you feel the Bo'er around you, that you absorb his energy, that you understand that this is not a monologue, but a dialogue, and you feel his intented ear listening so carefully to every breath and word that you say. And sometimes you can't even excel. In your service of Hashem, resisting temptations, even though they are permitted, because of the heaviness in your heart. And the Zohar Kaddosh gives us an amazing way forward to solve this problem. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. So this solution to this problem, which plagues many, will have to wait until another day.